Welcome to the Adaptive Collaborative Podcast, connecting the adaptive communities. Hosted by James Norris, founder of Handy Capable Fitness, and Melissa DeCellis, founder of Adaptively Abled Amputees and Adaptively Abled Fitness. Well, I am so excited to have Steph the Hammer Hammerman on today's episode of the Adaptive collaborative podcast. Steph, your accolades are many, but I'm going to name a few (laughs) that popped out. Steph is the first adaptive participant in any Wadapalooza competition, and due to her participation, she helped convince people to actually have an adaptive division at Wadapalooza. Steph is also the first CrossFit Level 1 and Level 2 coach with cerebral palsy, and she was one of the first Nike-sponsored athletes in their training division. She's also a trailblazer for adaptive CrossFit programming and has worked with the likes of the entire staff of Wheelwad. In addition to living life with CP, she's also overcome some pretty overwhelming uh, challenges. Steph is also a cancer survivor and has rebuilt and rebranded after the closing of her CrossFit gym as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Steph has been featured on Good Morning America, ABC News, The Morning Chalk Up, BBC, CNN, just to name a few, and we are so honored to have you with us here today. Um, You've been a role model for me in the adaptive CrossFit realm and so excited to get to hear a little bit more about your story. So I am handing the floor over to you if you can let us know a little bit more about yourself and kind of what got you into fitness in the first place. Thank you so much for having me. uh, This is such a cool opportunity and I'm so glad to be able to see that there are so many different types of people on the screen. So Uh, Just a little bit about me. So I started my fitness journey uh, about 10 years ago, believe it or not. Uh, I was a sophomore in college, and I just felt like I wasn't my best self, and that I could do better, and that I needed to be healthier. And so I ended up uh, asking my grandpa if he could actually help me find a trainer. And he did. He asked me, are you going to take this seriously? And I was like, yeah totally going to take it seriously. And I remember meeting the trainer for the first time and the trainer was like, what's your goal? And I was like, I want to lose 50 pounds. I just like made it up. Right. I didn't know what I was talking about. And he said, the, the weight is going to happen because I wanted to lose weight. Like that was my biggest goal. He was like, you're a beautiful woman. You are really smart and you need to be able to give me a tangible goal. So I actually went to a race where able-bodied people were in a running race, but I happened to see Achilles International, which is a really cool organization that does uh, hand cycling marathons. And so I saw all of these men and women hopping on their bikes and like going for long races. And I was like, what is that? Like, I want to do that. And so uh, in 2010, I got on my first hand cycle and I fell in love with it. And December 4th of 2011, I did my first full marathon in four hours, 34 minutes, and 16 seconds. It is a time that I will never forget because I truly believe that was like my starting point becoming an athlete, right? Like I accomplished this 
huge goal of 26.2 miles on a bike and looked down at my hands and I was like, man, that really was tough. And man, this was really, really, really hard. But I looked up at the clock and I was like, I can do better. And I want to do better next time. And so I kept, uh, kept on doing cycling for probably, I'd say, like another year and a half. And about maybe eight months into it, I found uh, CrossFit. And so on May 3rd of 2012, I walked into my first CrossFit gym, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of pushing yourself to a point that you feel like you can't go anymore, and then somebody next to you just says, you have a little bit more in you and pushes you just a little bit further. And the community is what really like was my glue to the actual sport itself. So uh, I know that's like a little, sh you know, sh shrunken version of, of how I got into fitness, but uh, I'm really glad I did. Well, we're glad you did too, because you're helping to change a lot of lives. <laughs> but, but as I was preparing for this, I read that you were a twin and you're not only a twin, but you grew up in a household of 10 siblings. So, so what was that like growing up, you know, with a disability in such a big household? And how did that shape you into the person you are today? So my parents had four children. It's my older brother, uh, my twin brother, and then my younger sister. And so the four of us uh, grew up together and then... When I was about 11 years old, my, my dad remarried, and the woman already had three children, and then my mom remarried, and he had three children, so it was a very uh, interesting dynamic, but I, I never was once treated like I was any different, right? Like, uh, I don't know, I, just, I think having a twin brother really helped me just kind of want to be quote-unquote normal, right, and like do everything that everyone else did, and... and uh, you know, be involved in as much as possible. And luckily for me, I know this isn't the case for everybody with CP, but like I had all of my abilities really about me as, you know, it was just the fact that I walked a little bit slower, but I was still able to speak and, and use my voice as something that was really powerful. So I mainstreamed by the time I was six years old. And so I've been in like that mainstream world probably more than I've ever been in the adaptive world. That, that's great. That is, that's awesome. Now, um, I don't know if we've lost Melissa. Nope, I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. You're here. I am so. here and I am ready for the next question. <laughs> so Technology. how would you say that functional fitness has helped your everyday life living with CP? I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Like, Of course it's a no-brainer, but yeah. I want you to tell us the yeah, yeah. I think of that, functional fitness. I think that functional fitness in general is something that everybody needs, regardless of if you're adaptive or not, right? A burpee is the functionality of falling on the floor and getting back up. You know, um, a sit-to-stand is literally reaching something. An air squat is reaching something, being able to get it off of a cabinet or, you know, balance yourself. So... I think functional fitness in general has just been able to make me stronger and make me a happier person in general and be able to live a lot longer because my ultimate goal is to be really old, right? You don't, you don't normally see like, I, I want to see like a 90 year old person with CP because I don't think I've ever 
seen anybody like that. And I think my goal is to just be as healthy and as strong as I can for as long as possible. Who, now, who, who, was your, who was your adaptive role model that made you want to get into CrossFit and become such, such a trailblazer? So this is so funny. I saw this question a little bit earlier because uh, Melissa and I were talking. And it's going to sound a little weird, but I don't have – I didn't have one uh, because I, I was the world's first, right? So I didn't have anybody to really go off of, uh, especially living with CP. Like, I kind of made stuff up as I went along. So I think I just looked at the person in front of me, regardless of if they were able-bodied or not, and said, I want to learn how to do that. Now, I might not be able to do box jumps like the average person, but I want to understand what that stimulus does and how it occurs so that I can feel it myself. And if it works for me, I want the next person with CP to be able to steal it. And I think that's what was really cool about the culture, especially in 2012, is nobody had ever seen somebody like me doing what I was doing. And so I just kind of made stuff up. I know that's not necessarily the answer you wanted, but... <laughs> No, I love it. Um, so what is it you love about CrossFit the most? Um, let's talk about functional fitness as a community, right? Because I think especially as time is going on right now and there's a lot of ups and downs in the, in the term CrossFit, at its core, functional, the functional fitness community is – people that come from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different abilities that are there for each other. If in the next three minutes I decided that we could start a class, I would get to know every single one of you. I would get to know your abilities and what you're capable of doing. And what I think is really cool about our community is it's not necessarily focused on what you can't do. It's focused on what you can do. Now that kind of leads me into this next question. You, you being a fitness professional with a disability, what, 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 is, what is the biggest challenge and do you often find that people underestimate you at first? Uh, I don't really give them the chance to. I know that kind of sounds, uh, it might sound a little cocky, but I don't, I don't really give people the chance to underestimate me because I'm very honest about it. Right? So I'll talk about the, the elephant in the room. And yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. I, I get that. But three minutes into the class, the wheelchair kind of disappears. People don't pay me because I'm in a chair. People don't pay me because I have a different ability. People pay me because I have knowledge that they're wanting to seek from me. Right? And so I think one of the biggest challenges is getting people to really understand that I'm able to get them to do a movement, especially as an able-bodied person, that they wouldn't necessarily think that I would be able to do, right? So the first time that I ever taught somebody how to jump rope, that's a, that's a movement that I will never physically do in my life. And it's not because I say never, it's because it's just physically never going to happen the same way it would for an able-bodied person. But the fact that I could teach somebody that's 6'4", 190, how to jump rope, and he looks at me and goes, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, I thought it was amazing too, but at the time you play cool and you're like, yeah, I, I wanted to teach you that, right? And so over time, you know, you just kind of learn that 
as long as you present yourself with a certain amount of confidence and, and you're confident in the abilities that you have and the knowledge that you have, people are going to follow you regardless. So I'm not saying that, you know, you should go make stuff up as you go along, but you never know what you can learn by meeting somebody new or having someone new in your class. Love that. So, Hi, Laura. Laura's one of my athletes. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of athletes that you coach, yeah. who are your favorite athletes to coach? So who are those people that you can't wait to get your hands on and mold into the best version of yourself? I think, you know, I think my favorite athletes are, are those that don't necessarily believe that they can do as much as they actually can, right? And so when you watch that light bulb moment happen, it's like, man, that's so cool. And it's not cool because I taught it to you. It's because it's so cool because you figured it out, right? And I'm just here along for the ride. So it's funny to me when people are like, uh, you know, um, because of you, X, Y, Z, this happened. And I'll tell people, I'll be like, I literally did nothing. I'm sitting on the other end of my computer just telling you you can do it and making you believe in yourself. And I think one of the things that I feel very like blessed to have is the ability to empower people in a way that they never thought they could be, right? I don't know where that comes from. It's just kind of like, I believe in you more than you believe in yourself, and I'm going to make you believe that. That's a be that's a beautiful thing. Now, now you you had your own gym, and you unfortunately had to close because of COVID. But but what was what was that light bulb moment where you were like, you know what? Like I'm really into this CrossFit thing, and I'm starting to gain some steam in it. I've become a trainer. I want to open my own gym. What made you realize, hey, this is actually a possibility? Um, so let's go back a little bit, right? So I spent a long time, uh, I started training and getting my first trainer certification in 2013. And I was a horrible coach, dude. I like, <laughs> I just kind of regurgitated information. I'd be like, you do this. And because you do this, like, I wasn't really connecting myself. Right. And so like, I was literally just regurgitating what able-bodied coaches were trying to teach and what the book was trying to teach. But, you know, you all know you live with different abilities. Not everything is done by the book and that's okay. Right. And so I'd say by like 2014, middle of 2015, I was getting into a really good groove of things. In 2015, I was basically running a gym in South Florida and I absolutely loved it. Um, in 2014, I'd finished my master's degree and I got a master's degree in college student affairs with a specialization in recreation. And at that point, I knew I didn't want to go work behind a desk. I knew that I wanted to do something special with CrossFit, something special with the functional fitness community. And I just knew that if I sat behind a desk and, and that was my nine to five job, like that I would be miserable and that I would be not using my potential to its best. So uh, in 2016, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma stage 3B. And so uh, in 
April or in May of 2016, I was diagnosed and I was finished with chemo uh, in November. And in that time frame, my boyfriend and I sat down, we had a serious conversation and he was like, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I've always wanted to open a gym, but for your, your everyday person, your, I want to open a gym for my grandma. Like I wanted to open a gym for the adaptive athlete, for the person that didn't think that they belong there. Like I wanted people to feel special. And the coolest part about Hammer Driven Fitness was it was exactly that. You didn't come into my gym for your PRs. You didn't come into my gym to show off how strong you were. You came into my gym to just be a better person. And I like to call them like my very own misfits, right? Like my, my band of misfits because it didn't make sense. And all of those people that felt like they didn't have a place to go had a place to go. And so it was a very interesting like turn of events when Corona started happening. And I'd say, you know, about two weeks into it, when we realized that the gym wasn't going to physically be able to open, I just jumped on this idea of let's hop on a Zoom call and let's just make class exactly what it is, but let's make it virtual. And that's what's really cool about class is I'm, I'm sure Laura can tell you, Melissa can tell you is like, I don't care where you live. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you've dressed that day. As long as you're coming to my virtual whiteboard and you're wanting to work hard, like I'm here for it and I'm here for you. So I think like being able to open the gym and own the gym, it was a great experience, but I have such an amazing feeling about what's to come next. It's going to be like, it's so cool. So that leads us right into our next question. Can you let us know a little bit more about the direction you're moving in with Staying Driven? Yes, I can, and I'm so excited about it. Um, I just saw, I don't, I just saw somebody else hop on. Hi, friend. Um, <laughs> at the bottom there, I don't know your name, but hello. Um, so, Staying Driven. Staying Driven LLC is now an official business, which I'm super excited about. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you. I am co-owning it with my boyfriend, Tyler, which is awesome. And we're basically just taking everything that was magical about Hammer Driven Fitness and making it global. So I think what's really cool about this is we don't only get to touch people in North Carolina, right? We're moving to Arizona in two days and like we've already got people in Arizona. We have people in uh, Massachusetts. We have people in Australia and Canada. Like it's crazy. So like my, the biggest difference about this specific um, training program is that yes, it's going to be for able-bodied people, but the main focus is really going to be on larger adaptive programs, right? And so like we have a big connection right now with the IWD and NYU hospital. So the IWD is the initiative for women with disabilities and they're based out of NYU hospital. And especially because of COVID, everything is, is literally shut down. So uh, we teamed up with them and started this huge adaptive class. And over the last 12 weeks, it's become a bigger and better thing than I could have ever imagined. And so when we sat down and started doing the business plan for this business, uh, you know, we're going to gear it towards individual memberships for the everyday person, but also group 
memberships for larger organizations uh, like that and like UCP and, and all, all different kinds of adaptive groups. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping to be like the, uh, be like the leading virtual experience um, for adaptive fitness. So it'll be fun. Now you, now you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. The COVID has like completely hit the fitness industry completely hard and you had to close your gym. How have you, how have you maintained such a positive, positive outlook and just have that energy that you have to just be like, you know what, that sucks, but we're just going to keep it rolling, keep it going and be excited about uh, staying driven. I mean, literally, like, I don't mean to point her out, but, like, people like Laura, people like Laura, like, make it worth it, right? Like, we had a conversation early on, and she was like, uh, oh, and I just see Candace is here, too. Hi, Candace. I can't see you, but I see your name. Um, you know, I have real conversations with these people that are basically telling me I have nowhere to go. I have no one that knows what to do with me. And, you know, yes, there there's amazing programs like Wheelwad and and different things like that, but there, there's like not this personal connection that that I'm used to giving, and so I have these these big conversations with real people, and I just there's no there was no other solution, right? Like, what am I going to do? I'm either going to close my doors and cry myself to sleep, or I'm going to close my doors and open new ones. So to me, that was like a no-brainer. You have such amazing positivity and optimism. And I believe it was in the Good Morning America talk where you talked about optimism as a muscle. Would you like to elaborate on that? Uh, I didn't talk about that. Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts. About, yeah, which I you. thought was, was, a really cool, uh, was a really cool statement. But I think one of the things that I like to talk about is this, like, this overall I word, right? We talk about the word inspiration and I think people throw that word around a lot especially in our community like you made dinner and oh my god you're such an inspiration <laughs> right like and so and I don't want to take that away from people because it's to some people it's a, it's a compliment and that's great but what I said to Robin was you need to then take that inspiration and use it as a spark because motivation is what creates actual change which then creates real fire for people right? And so if the inspiration is your spark, that's great. But you need to physically do something to make a change that will create the fire from that spark. So I think it's more important to be more of a motivator than it is to be an inspirer. So this leads me into this question perfectly. When I, when I saw the name of your new LLC, I was like, yes, I absolutely love it. Staying driven. What what does that mean to you? I honestly think it's, it's the only choice, right? It's like, I mean, it's not the only choice, but it's, a, it's one of two. You can either sit by on the side of the road and, and do nothing, or you can keep going because you never know where the journey is going to take you. Four and a half years ago, I never thought I'd be sitting in a doctor's office and them tell me at the time where I thought I was the fittest on earth that I was – diagnosed with cancer like you you have no control over what's next for you so you have to take control of the things that you can control right it's like i have the option to make a decision whether or not i want to make this a good day 
if I decide not to, that's on me, right? Like I think about it over the next, in the next two days, in the next two days I hop in a car. I'm getting in the car and we're driving 33 hours. We're breaking 33 hours up over, I think, four days or something like that. And at, at what point do I say, oh man, it's 33 hours, or do I say, oh, I'm getting to go somewhere, and every eight hours, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet somebody new, I'm going to learn something new, I'm going to go somewhere new. So I think it's just this perspective that people, I don't know, I, I, get, I get very frustrated because not everybody is like me, and so sometimes I want to like shake people and be like, you can do better. <laughs> I know you can, but it's not, it's not up to me, right? It's my job to show you that this is possible. It's your job to then make an action to make it possible. Love that stuff. So since we started the Adaptive Collaborative podcast, we've had a few conversations surrounding what we like to call our three Gs, which are grace, gratitude, and grit. How do you see those three ideals playing a role in your life? Gratitude every day. Every day. Like, I do a gratitude journal. I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, there are things that you just have to be grateful for, especially when we're in a time where, like, there's so much that could just make somebody sour to something, right? And there, every day there's something to be grateful for. Um, grit. I think... You just think about grit as dedication. And if, if I'm dedicated to this, like I have a goal that in the first month of business, we're going to have 36 athletes signed up, ready to go. If I hit more than 36, great. I'm, but I'm going to get to that 36 number, right? And so I have to be able to put in the work that I set out to do. I can't just say something. I have to put action to it also. So I think – Grit has a lot to do with that determination factor. Um, and then grace. I think grace has a lot to do with humility, right? Like, yes, people know my name, and I think that it, like, blows my mind still that I can be somewhere and somebody will stop me and I'm like, oh, my God, Steph the Hammer. <laughs> but to, me, to me, I'm just Steph, right? To my friends, I'm, I'm just Steph. To my athletes, I'm Coach Steph. Like, it, it doesn't you got to keep your feet on the ground. And I think um, the more that you want people to know your message, the more people are going to know your name, right? And so how do you find the balance between that? And I think that's really just reminding yourself that you had to start somewhere, right? And if the biggest thing is I don't necessarily want to be the first, right? I want to be the first of many. Like I don't want it to just stop at me. I want it to be – 20 other steps after me that are like, I can do that because she, she did it, right? But I can do it better, right? Let them do it better than me. I would love somebody to do it better than me so I could learn more, right? And like, that's, that's my thing is I don't want people to be scared of trying something that, that society doesn't think that they should do. Nobody in their right mind thought that I was going to be a fitness coach, let alone a coach, right? No, nobody thought that was going to be a thing. Like, people in my family literally told me, you're probably not going to make a living at doing fitness. <laughs> I'm like, look at it now, right? And so I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned through grace and grit at the same time is, like, not to be afraid of this community, 
for so long, I tried to be normal, right? Like I tried to be quote unquote normal. And I tried to like fit into all these able-bodied boxes. But I didn't realize like the, the entire community that I was missing, right? And so now like the fact that I have this powerful voice and I'm not afraid to say what I think and I'm, I'm not afraid to motivate the person next to me, like I want to meet every single adaptive person and just literally just like in, in motivate them to like be better than me, right? Like meet as many people as you can and just be better because it's just going to make you so much better. The fact is you motivate so many people. You just, you just, you just hit on it there, but who motivates you and what are some of the biggest life lessons you've taken from them? Uh, okay. Who motivates me? Well, first of all, I had one of my best friends pass away when I was 16 and he's my overall like reason that I got into fitness. He's the reason that a lot of things happened in my life, the way that I view life, the way that I live my life. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away of a neck aneurysm, but he was born with no arms and he played basketball with his feet. So he was a wheelchair uh, basketball player in a power chair. And when we were 15, he was on the road to like making a change in the world of uh, adaptive athletics for power chair users. So like if I go up against Trandon and I'm in a manual chair, he's a lot more powerful than me. And so there were a lot of different rules when you played against somebody in, in a power chair. And he used to think that, pardon my friends, but he used to think that that was complete bullshit, right? Like he, he just wanted to play basketball. He wanted to be the best that he could be in the sport. And he lived by a mantra that was failure is not an option. And so when I was 15, when he died, and I was like shaken to the core, and I remember telling his dad, I was like, I will never be able to play basketball because it's just not my thing. But I promise in some way, shape, or form, I will forever let his legacy live on. And I really think that that's what the adaptive community had done for me, right? Was like, I, I'm not going to play basketball, but I'm going to find something else that I'm going to be able to make a difference in the adaptive world. And so, like, that was my biggest motivator. And my second is my grandpa. He's my best friend. He's 82 years old and probably stronger than anyone I've ever met, physically, mentally. Like, he's just one of the most amazing people. And he wants me to live my dreams, and he wants me to go after my dreams. And so nothing is too scary. Nothing is too, you know, difficult. You just have to try it. And if for some reason you happen to fall on your face, you just get right back up and try it again. So. What a powerful lesson to learn at such a young age. If all of us just learned that failure is just not an option at 15, I really believe that we would be living in a different world. <laughs> so I feel we've talked a lot about fitness, and we know you mostly in the fitness realm. When you're not coaching or giving motivational speeches or developing new groundbreaking trailblazing programs, what is it that you like to do to relax and do for fun? <laughs> I love to watch Netflix. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I just really, I really like spending time with uh, my boyfriend. I love spending time with my puppy and some of my good friends. So to me, quality time is a big love language. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read that book, but uh, not just in a romantic relationship, but in just platonic relationships as well like I'm really big on quality time 
and uh, just spending time with people that mean a lot to me. So uh, I don't do much. I don't, I don't uh, like to go out a lot. I just, I'm kind of a homebody and I like to, <laughs> to be inside. So. so this is an off scripted question, but yeah. Tyler's been a rock for you through the last several years. Yeah. What makes your relationship work? What advice can you give to other couples out there so that they could continue to move forward in their relationships the way you and Tyler have? It's so funny because like he is not a people person. Like he just he's a he's a great person and he he can respect people, but he's just a very much an introvert compared to me. And so we always laugh like he ended up with probably the loudest human being on the planet. But I think being honest with one another from day one, like our first interaction with one another when we first, we met on Tinder. So our first interaction was, it was 2015. So at the time you could Google my name, as weird as that sounds, and you could find whatever you wanted. You could see pictures of me in my chair. You could see pictures of me on my crutches doing CrossFit, whatever. And so I had to be honest with him. And so I think from day one, like, I remember telling him, I uh, hope this doesn't bother you. I have cerebral palsy. I use crutches and I use a wheelchair. And his response to me was, I hope it doesn't bother you that I'm pigeon-toed. And so, like, to him, it's just been, like, normal. And our relationship has been nothing – far from normal. I mean, we, we moved in together five months after – uh, we started dating because I got cancer. So like it's just everything was kind of expedited But I think just being honest with each other and being able to laugh at some things like I'm sure there are many people in this room right now that have encountered really just stupid questions I know there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there really is you know so I've been in situations where people have come up to him in a grocery store and they've shaken his hand for being with me and and I'll be like, you know, I do his laundry and, like, feed him. So if it wasn't for me, like, you know, I don't know where he'd be. But, you know, we just kind of joke about those things. And I think just finding that person, I never thought that was going to be me. I never thought I was going to find the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. But as cheesy as it sounds, like, you know, we're not perfect, but we're imperfect for each other. So uh, just find that person that you can be completely honest with and, tell the world, like, you know what, this is my person and I don't care what you think because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think. Like, I love him for him and he loves me for me. And again, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just find that so funny that people, like, people gravitate towards us so much and uh, all we're doing is being ourselves. To follow up on, on that question, because that was, that was a great answer and I absolutely love it, but, but, you know, sometimes people, whether they're able-bodied or have some type of challenge, they, they lack confidence, whether it be to get in the gym, to get in the dating world. What is, like, one or two piece of, pieces of advice that you would that you would give them to just uh, jump out there? Do you want me to be really honest? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> get over yourself, right? Like, seriously, like, people need to get over themselves. Because if I wouldn't have put myself out there, I wouldn't have half of the things that I have now. We're not just Tyler, right? Like, I wouldn't have half of the experiences that I have in my life 
if I sat at home and just waited for somebody to do them for me, right? And I understand that, again, not everybody is this extrovert. Not everybody has whatever I have inside of me that makes me as obnoxious as I am. But at the end of the day, like, I get that a lot from people, and I'm actually in some, like, cerebral palsy support groups and things trying to network with people. And one of the main things that, like, frustrates me is people are so negative on themselves. And when you put that negativity on yourself, how do you expect the world to perceive you any differently, right? And so I understand that everybody has challenges. I understand that financially things can be really hard for some people and it's not easy, but you need to be able to take control of your own life, right? And so if I wake up every day and I'm like, damn, I look good. Damn, I feel good, right? Like I'm gonna put that out into the world. If I constantly tell myself, man, I don't feel good, I don't look good, people don't like me, like that's what you're asking the universe for. So like I don't want to sound harsh, but like that's my biggest piece of advice is just like honestly just say screw it and like take care of you because you're the only person that can make yourself happy. What great advice. So we've already talked about staying driven and about the virtual platform. What else is next for you? I saw recently that you may have signed for a book deal for the book, which will eventually come out called Driven. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that and where you see your book tour and the future going? Man, that's such a crazy, like, that's such a crazy question. Uh, so yeah, I signed a, a book deal uh, a couple of, maybe even a month ago, and it's been like a very, very interesting process. We're actually kind of moving a little bit faster than I thought it was going to happen. So uh, that's been really cool. But this has been a dream of mine since I've been very young. Um, I've always had this idea that, you know, my story is bigger than just me and that I can help people. And when I was younger, I used to write a lot. And the power of writing and the power of my voice just made me feel like I was worth something. And so uh, being able to put that on paper and share it with people where let's say you're having a bad day and you can go to that book and just say, you know what, I'm going to turn to page 50 and I'm going to change my, my attitude today. That's my ultimate goal. I don't care if you take anything away from my story. I want you to make your life better through my story, right? So it doesn't matter about me. My story is about you. And so I think that's going to be my biggest goal is to have that translate onto paper. Being that you are such a big person in the adaptive fitness community and the fitness community in general, when it's time to lay the hammer down and get your own workout in, what are some of the songs that are on your iPod? Uh, well, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of different things. I love me some Beyonce. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love some hip hop and country. Like I'm all over the place, just kind of what I feel like. But I think too, like having people that keep you accountable, right? Like I'll hop into some of our classes sometimes when I have other people coaching and like watching or having that community watch me do what they do, right? Is a, is a, is really important to me. So um, music as well as just having people around is, is important. So 
I feel like we have a pretty good audience here and we have such an amazing guest on the show. I, like I would really love to open it up for questions at this point. I'm sure everybody has a few for stuff. Um, if I can ask that you raise your hands and we'll unmute you just so that we don't have a whole bunch of background noise all at the same time. So does anybody out there have a question for Steph? Yeah. Or a comment or? I think I, I, think I saw Trandon. All right, let me unmute. Trandon, you're on. Hey, so I have a question for you. Yeah. You want to do this for your end race? I do. Do I want what? Would you want to do this for your end race again? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I tried it once, not my thing. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. You can, you can have that all to yourself. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no, I'm good. You can you can have that one. <laughs> Trandon, when is your next Spartan race? Well, it depends. <laughs> it depends when they get that pack going. Okay. We'll see you on a course soon. So yeah. I have a question, Steph. Yes. If you were to have dinner with uh Three people, who would they be and why? They can be dead or alive. Okay. Now, don't freak out because some of it is political, but it's not for the reasons that you think. <laughs> I, I was just talking about this with my friend earlier. So, can it be four people? Absolutely. Okay. So, if I can have dinner with like four people and think it would be like the most fun thing ever, I would want to have dinner with Justin Timberlake, Jimmy Fallon. Joe Biden and Barack Obama. <laughs> Nothing political, just because I think they're super funny. Like, I just, it would be so much fun. Now, would it be, now, would it be all four of them at one time, or would they be separate dinners? No, nope, it would be all four at one time, because it would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love it. That is some dinner party. So I think I've had her hand up. And maybe Oprah. I don't know, but that's, that's separate. A girl's night out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beth, you are up. Um, you have to unmute yourself. Hello. Um, I just want to make a comment about um, just some of your philosophies because I, I was a teacher for 40 years before what happened to me happened. doesn't matter what it is. And a lot of what you said is just the epitome of being an exceptional teacher. And I really want to, um, and, and coaching is, is teaching. It's just a different way to get through to people um, physically instead of maybe in a classroom. So I just feels for you for having that philosophy and passing it on because that's what truly great teachers do. That's all I have. Oh, thank you so much. Welcome. Thanks, Beth. So do we have any other questions? Laura, how was class today? Did you go? Uh-oh, coach is checking in. Uh, accountability. <laughs> no, no I worked out with Tim, who seemed to have popped off the call. We worked out on a playground in 85-degree weather. He kicked me <laughs> How'd she um, cut it out? How did Georgia yeah. do, Candace? Tim was on the call earlier as my trainer. Nice. 
Uh, it was good. It was it was deadlift, so you know that was good and box jumps, which is always so fun. But you know, <laughs> uh, I have trouble with my hips, but it was good. How do you? Thanks for joining, Candace. Yes, thank you. Anybody so, else have any questions? If nobody does, I have another one. Okay. Oh, actually, let's go to Chris. Thank you. Got to oh, unmute. Gotta unmute. Um, okay. Uh, what was the name of the book again it's that you're be, writing? It's going to be called Driven. Driven. Mm -hmm. um, is it going to be online or is it going to be book out? No, or? it's going to. Well, yes, but it's going to be uh, an actual <clears throat> like hard copy book and an audible book. So it'll be all over the place. My hope is that it'll be on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. That's my biggest goal. For, um, for how long you've been writing books, like not only this driven, but usually in... Oh, this is, my, this is my first one, buddy. So hopefully it's good. <laughs> Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, somebody else had a question. They put it in the chat. Uh, Jonathan. Hi, uh, good evening. Do you hear me? Hi. Hi. Uh, I had a question. So I'm actually a uh, rehabilitation physician. Um, cool. And my question to you uh, is uh, the healthcare system, I think, has a lot of challenges in it. Um, what advice do you have to me as a uh, physician in the beginning of my career for uh some changes that I could be a part of making that you think would, would benefit people? Uh, I think number one is you need to listen to people, not just you, just people in general uh, or physicians in general. I think that um, when you go to a doctor, things just want to be done on paper, right? But not everything is on paper. No. I, I use the ADA as an example, right? The ADA is a law, which is a great law, and I'm very grateful for it. But the ADA is one thing. Life experience is a complete other, right? So if I come to you and I say, Doc, this is how I'm feeling, and you've worked with 10 other CP patients, I don't think that you should ever base my experience off of, off of those 10 other people that you just saw because you never know how we could all be different, right? And so each, each part of CP is different. Each person is different. Everybody's abilities are different. So I think just... Going into it as an open mind and allowing people, even if they have a speech impediment or they have some sort of difference that makes communication a little bit harder, go into it just having a conversation and not talking slower or talking any different. Treat people like people, dude, because that's all they want. And whether they're talking to you through a Dynavox or they have somebody that's a translator, I think the biggest thing that sets people apart is, or I should say me apart in the way that I interact with adaptive athletes is I don't care what you sound like or look like. I'm still going to talk to you the same. And if I don't understand you, I'm going to say, hey, can you, can you say that one more time? Because I didn't really catch that. But you'll be so surprised at how much more respect people get by just being treated like a human. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but that's what a lot of doctors are missing. And I'm not saying you, I'm not pointing you out, but 
I think that that's something like I, I know that I've gone into doctor's offices and like the best thing that my cancer doctor ever did to me was look at me in the eye and tell me true answers and have a real conversation with me. And I think that was probably one of the first times in my entire life that I didn't feel like I was being treated like a child. And I was 26 years old at the time, right? And people still think that it's okay. Like, I'll be out at a restaurant with Ty, and they'll look at Ty and be like, what does she want to eat? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I, I'm sitting right here, right? Like, I, I can tell you exactly what I want to eat, right? So I think just going into it being like, I might not know what I'm getting myself into. I might have never met anybody like you before, but just go into it like you're talking to your best friend because at the end of the day, you're going to learn a lot more. You're going to earn a lot more respect that way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for that question, Jonathan. I really wish that more physicians would be vocal and ask the patient, what is it that they need you as a provider of care? Oh, my pleasure. That's one one uh, thing that I'm trying to actually get out of uh, being part of this uh, community on Instagram is uh, learn, you know, in my daily practice, I have to approach the situation as the physician, but uh, this is an opportunity for me to learn who's on the other side uh, and what, what life really looks like. That's cool. I'll be, I, you can, uh, I'll leave my information in the chat box. And if you ever have any questions or if you need to do like a, um, like a run through for something, you can always use me as a resource. Phenomenal. So I do have another question. If somebody, do we have any other questions out there? I saw something go on in the okay. chat. But let's okay. See. Let's see. I don't Beth also has a real, real quick. Um, yep. Your book is going to go on Audible. Are you reading it yourself, or will you have a professional do it? Or uh, have you decided yet? Well, you don't think I'm very professional? <laughs> I didn't say I was. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think I think I'm going to do it. I think it'll make awesome. it more. I think it'll make it more real. Uh, that's my hope. Um, I I'm very authentic when it comes to my social media platforms like I, I, I try to be as real and honest as possible obviously private life is private life but there are things that we share a lot so I would like it to come from me I don't know how uh, that's gonna work with like my team so to speak uh, I don't have uh, full control over the, the process so to speak but I have a lot of control so we'll see well push for that push for it yeah I will thank you Steph, I think what I love most about you is that you're real. <laughs> you just you tell people the way it is and how it is. So each of us have down days, and I know that sometimes my bad. It's okay. I think we all do. Pretty sure you all have heard a curse word or two in your life, so that's completely okay. So, what has kept you going during COVID? During those down days, those darker moments, those days that kind of took an unexpected turn, what is your personal motto? What is that motivational phrase? What is that affirmation that just keeps you going on those really rough days? It's my it's my athletes, dude. It's it's looking at a screen like this, and and like I can literally look at a screen of people and know on the other side 
how Laura's day was, how Candace's day was. I know how Candace moves. I know when she's sandbagging and when she's just having a bad day. Like we can, we figure that out, right? And and we we have an honest conversation. And I think, like I said, it's just this special community. Like I can't even, I can't even explain it to you because I don't think that it's something that's truly tangible right now. I'm trying to like bottle it up and, and sell it as part of a product, but I'm trying to figure out what that is and how to, how to establish it into words because it's very difficult. Like, you know, like I said, you can come into a class and you can just feel the energy and none of us are in the same room. So it's just, it's a really cool feeling and it's something special and I feel very grateful for it. Like I said, there's a lot of different resources out there. I am very involved in the wheelwad community and I think it's great and I think that they're doing wonderful things but at the end of the day it's not everybody wants to be competitive right and so there's always a market for someone there's a market for Beth who probably you know has never been to a gym and felt fully engaged in the gym process right and not because you've never been to a gym but feeling like you've never been engaged right and somebody saying to you Beth, how do you feel today? How can I help you today? Like, I don't know your situation, but give me three minutes and I would figure it out. So I think, like, that's what's super special. Did. I already did. Um, you know, and so I think that's what's super special about it. And, and this COVID situation, it's not going away. Like, let's be serious. We're, we need to be honest with ourselves. It's going to take a very long time to evolve and, and change and and this is going to be our new normal for right now. So if this is going to be the new normal, I'm going to make the best out of it, man. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so James and, uh, did you just find me a new coach? That's what I heard. Yeah. I, let's go. I did. Let's I did. go. Um, I, uh, I will be running the classes even while I'm on the road. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to, to see how this goes while, while we travel, but I have two other coaches that I work with that are very similar uh, in mindset to me, which I love. Um, and like, I don't know uh, your name. I'm sorry. I think it says Ewok on it, but I don't know your, your name. Um, but it I was like, nobody, but I do <laughs> not another. He'll explain later. Um, but I, I would love to have any of you in, in my classes. I know that there's a lot of different places to go, um, but I can, I can give you, all of the information, we actually just announced that the month of July is going to be free as well. So the month of June and July are free. So you guys can, can totally just come and enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to try to sell you on it here, but if you just come to the class, the experience will sell you by itself. So It definitely will. Steph shared her new flyer for the program, and we'll be posting it on all of our social media channels for anybody Absolutely. that might be interested. Yeah, Laura, I'm coaching tomorrow. Yeah, Kathy? What class is this, if you don't mind me asking? Hold on. I, I think Kathy had a question. I, I, I couldn't hear. Hi. There you go. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. I really enjoyed listening to you. Thank you, Kathy. I enjoyed having you. Yeah, it, it's um, kind of a change. Um, 
So, Kathy, am I, am I going to see you in class? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna put my email in the chat and you guys can take it. Yes, what class are you guys talking about? Um, I'm sorry, so I'm just late. I teach late. a I teach a functional fitness class. So think of like a think of like a CrossFit class, and then I teach an uh, adaptive CrossFit class as well. So we have two different versions. On where, online on Zoom online, right? Or yep, on Zoom online, and I can I'll put my email in the chat, uh, okay, and you guys can email me, and I'll give you all the information. Okay. Melissa, can we uh, please? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I will text you, Chris. Thank you. Cool. Beth, I want to see you in my classes, girl. <laughs> Let's do it. Beth has been working out with adaptively abled fitness during COVID. So yeah, you too. I think you're going to get a great candidate. I like I'm it. Leaving in two days for five week vacation, so I will. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. Yeah, any other questions? Final questions? What? Questions, comments? Well, Steph, I just want to thank you for coming on and doing this for us. This is absolutely awesome. Thank you for being who you are in our community. Thank you to Melissa. Thank you guys for all for watching, tuning in. It'll be up on YouTube, different um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks. It was an absolute pleasure, Steph. Thanks so much, Melissa. I appreciate it. Looking forward to further collaborations. Yeah. Thank you. All right. See you guys. You're always so beautiful. I love how stunning you always are, no matter what. Thank you, Erica. You're too kind. This is the wet hair top knot. It's so good to see you. Erica actually gave James, James and I our first shot of co-hosting for the Spartan Zoom, and now we've taken it one step forward, and we started our own podcast. So I just have to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for this amazing opportunity and for Hold helping on, let me us discover that. Face. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You walk. Not surprised. Love you. I love, love you guys. You. Thanks, Steph, so thank much. You. Steph, you're, I'm going to email you. Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, so, guys. Melissa, please, can we have it like a, like a info about this? Um, yes. The meeting, the, the workout. Yep. Uh, I will thank definitely you. send yep. it out. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Melissa. Bye-bye. Thank you.